Welcome to another edition of the show, the podcast. Today, I'm very excited for today's for today's episode. First of all, so we are going to break down some news, and I want to share my thoughts and opinions. What do I feel about these news? They are all basically hiring jobs. So we are going to talk about that, about three teams in particular: the Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Houston Rockets, and the changes they have recently made. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Let's get right into business. First of all, Brooklyn Nets. So this is a team that last year literally splashed out on the free agency by signing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two superstars, if you ask me, two champions. And the expectations for the season that just ended were not that high. It was obviously that Kevin Durant is not going to play because of the Achilles injury he suffered in the NBA Finals in 2019. And Kyrie Irving, as the leader of the team, we saw how that transpired in Boston. And yeah, the expectations were obviously playoffs, but let's leave it at that. I mean, no more than that. Maybe a second round if they got a nice matchup in the first round. So... And they did that. And they, they were eliminated by the box. Now, let's go to this offseason. What happened? They fired their coach. Who well, I think I, I read some reports that he is getting close to become, to join the Clippers coaching staff, if I'm not mistaken. So, that's exciting. And then uh, the news came out. The Brooklyn Nets hired unexpectedly. They were actually pursuing him for a very for a long period of time. Steve Nash was never a coach before, not even an assistant coach. And it was it was some pretty big news at the time because Steve Nash was an excellent player, a two-time league MVP. Phenomenal player, got close to making the NBA Finals. He was in the Western Conference Finals two times. As I said, League MVP two times. A basketball IQ. His basketball IQ was off the charge. A savant with the ball, that kind of true point guard that averages a lot of assists, that is shooting the ball very efficiently from the free throw line, from the three-point line. What more can you want? So he was basically going to give you 20 points and assist every game in his prime, in his sleep. And that's exciting because even though he he was not a coach before, he clearly looks like that excellent point guard who is capable of being a coach. Derek Fisher, Jason Kidd, just to throw you some examples. Both were very good point guards, especially Jason Kidd. And they got a head coaching job. Now Jason Kidd is an assistant for the Los Angeles Lakers who just won a chip. So, I think Steve Nash has a championship in him with the Brooklyn Nets as a head coach. And I really think that the Brooklyn Nets are going to win the East next season if KD is healthy. 
I mean, what can you do to stop this team? KD, Kyrie, and a bunch, a bunch of above average players, if you ask me. Spencer Dinwiddie as your sixth man? Are you freaking kidding me? Curious Lavert, who is blocking shots, who is getting rebounds? Curious Lavert, if he's healthy? He was on the verge of becoming a world star two seasons ago. And it's exciting. It's one of the most exciting teams, and I root for them. I'm a fan of how this team got constructed. And recently, another Brooklyn Nets coaching news. Steve Nash hired, I mean, not Steve Nash, the Brooklyn Nets hired Amari Stoudemire to join his coaching staff. Amari Stoudemire was a colleague and a teammate of Steve Nash when they were both in Phoenix and they run ran that seven seconds or less offense who proved to be very efficient because as I said they, they made the Western, the Western Conference Finals so they had a run a great run in Phoenix Sotimar was looking for an NBA job as a player two years ago, let's not forget that and now he's joining his good friend Steve Nash coaching staff as an assistant and some more interesting news they also had Mike D'Antoni they added Mike D'Antoni on that coaching job as a lead assistant Mike D'Antoni who was a head coach he was the head coach of that Suns team who ran the 7 seconds or less offense the brilliant offensive mind that is Mike D'Antoni has now joined forces with Steve Nash to coach Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Are you not entertained, Brooklyn? This is an unbelievable hire. I actually think that Mike D'Antoni probably fits more the lead assistant job than the head coaching job right now. He had his chances. He was very close. A lot of times with the Phoenix Suns, with the Houston Rockets, he is one of the best offensive coaches that there is right now. He invented the insanity. He put into great efficiency the seven seconds or less offense with the Phoenix Suns. He had some success with the microball in Houston with the free throw and three-point shooting, which was basically everything, all that was happening in the Houston Rockets offense. Three points, three throws, and layups. They didn't won anything in Houston, but they got damn close many times. So I think it's an excellent hiring. It's an it's an exciting one as well. And they also brought an assistant from the San Antonio Spurs who is a defensive-minded coach. So the Steve Nash got his offensive coach, got his defensive coach, has Jack Vaughn already there. Omari Stoudemire now. I think it's incredible. Can you imagine seeing on that bench, on the head coaching, on the coaching chairs, Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni, and Omari Stoudemire? It's unbelievable. It's impressive. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see it. Mike D'Antoni to give offensive advices to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Oh my God. I think if KD is healthy, he's going to average 35 
for sure that Steve Nash is going to listen to what Mike D'Antoni is suggesting him to do on the offensive side of the ball. I have no doubt in my mind that this will happen. And I want this to happen. Huge hiring, if you ask me. I mean, I already have them probably as the team that was going to win the East. But now with Mike D'Antoni, I think this is a huge hiring. And I'm really excited. Then let's move on to the next team I want to talk about. And it's another team from the Eastern Conference who goes by the name of Philadelphia 76ers. So, listen. Let's go, let's go back a few seasons ago. They came one ridiculous lucky shot who bounced four times on the rim by Kawhi Leonard to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, where I think they should have won the Eastern Conference Finals against the Milwaukee team. Who knows what would have happened then in the finals with K with uh, KD out and also Clay Thompson out for two games. And maybe they would have won. Maybe they would have, have would have had a championship right now. But it's all imagination and fantasy. Let's move to reality. That happened. They have Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick on the roster. They let JJ Redick walk to the Pelicans. They signed and traded Jimmy Butler to bring back to bring Josh Richardson in Philadelphia. They also they signed Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris was on the team, was traded from the Clippers, where Doc Rivers was a coach, who is now a coach of the Sixers. I should have started with that. Okay. I'm all over the place right now. So they signed Tobias Harris to an incredible, to a ridiculous deal. They brought in unexpectedly. Al Horford on a huge deal as well. They fired Brett Brown, who I think should have been fired one year ago. And they brought in Doc Rivers, a great coach with some flaws. His resume is stained with all the 3-1 blows he had that, that he was never able to do something with the Clippers team. He had a lot of chances with the Lab City team, with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. And he had one season with Kawhi and PG, unsuccessful in both situations. Now he has an opportunity to coach some two young stars super, with superstar potential written all over them. And I thought when they brought in Doc Rivers, I thought, wow, interesting hiring. So you get a better coach because he's clearly a better coach than Brett Brown is. And you still need to make some moves. You are a bad three-point shooting team. What are you doing? Are you going to separate Simmons and Embiid? Are you going to try to trade Harris or Horford? Their contracts are ridiculously huge. What are you going to do? You have a young asset in Matthias Tybal, who is an excellent defender, not so good offensive player. You have some picks in the future. So what's the strat? What are you going to do, Philadelphia? And boy, did they surprise us. Or at least me, I was very surprised. So Mike D'Antoni was a general manager for the Houston Rockets for the last 13 years. He basically stepped down after they fired Mike D'Antoni. I mean, they, not, they did not fire him. His contract ended. And... 
he became uh, he wrote a letter when he when he said he said james harden saved his life and he the story was around his stepping down voluntarily that he wants to spend more time with his kids he wants to be around his children he wants that family time personal time and not to blame him he was a great general manager unfortunately never won a championship came close a bunch of times and suddenly he got a job in the 76ers organization and i was very excited because i know mike d'antoni i know how he does things i know he's risking a lot which i actually love about him he's taking risks he's inventing stuff that microboy houston he loves his players he's attached to them and this is great so he will not be elton brand is still there as the general manager of the philadelphia 76ers he will be the, the daryl Morey as he will be the president of basketball operations but he will have a voice be sure his voice will be, will be loud be sure he will make moves i'm damn sure he will and i will really be condemned con i will really be mad if he doesn't make any moves because this team needs i don't know exactly what this team needs it is devil more job to find out they need shooters do they need to separate simons and Embiid? maybe we have to find out they play great together i think they can they can play even better separated i think if you trade Embiid and play with simons like you did with like you do with Yanis in Milwaukee, like surround him with shooters because Ben Simmons can take a jump shot to save his life. Uh, do that if you think it's the right move. Mike D'Antoni. Oh, uh, sorry, not Mike D'Antoni. Daryl Morey. If you love James Harden so much, why not try to bring him to Philadelphia? I mean, obviously, the only way Houston would approve to this is if they are certain that they are going into rebuilding mode. And they will probably trade Harden and Westbrook if this is the case. But they said they don't. But let's fantasize for some minutes. Would you rather have Simmons and Harden or Embiid and Harden? Because if there is one GM that can make somehow... Simmons and Harden work, I think, is Daryl Morey with Doc Rivers. Because Harden has played with point guards. And his success came with point guards in Chris Paul. Obviously, Chris Paul can shoot. He can play off the ball. I'm, I'm not sure this is the case for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons can't play off ball. Harden can't play off ball, but I think you would rather have him on the ball. So how will you, how will you manage this, this Simmons-Harden duo? What are you going to do? Play Simmons as the it at the dunker spot? Daryl Morey loves the three-point shooting. This team lacks three-point shooting. So what are you going to do? Trade Harden for Simmons and play Harden with Embiid? If Embiid is healthy, this is a deadly matchup for everyone because Embiid is probably I would say that probably Jokic is the better center but Embiid is for sure the most the 
unguardable center between those two. If he gets in this in his head that he should play more bully ball, back to the basketball, close to the rim and dunk on people and bully them, he would probably average 30 points. But he's chucking up threes unnecessary sometimes. Most of the times. And I think he will fit great with Harden. Probably better than Simmons, but given his injury history and that he's injury prone, every season he misses a lot of games and there are only concerns with his health. So what? how are you going to approach this if you are Delor Mori? Are you risking it? You have assets. You have five first f five draft picks this season. Philadelphia has five draft picks this season. They have Thibault, as I said, as a young player. They also have two years of Josh Richardson, who I think is an above-average player that can explode her 30 every given night. So what are you going to do? Because I think the reason Philadelphia 76ers hire Daryl Morey is because they want to make changes and they want to have their voice, an excellent voice, who has taken risks al al many times. I mean, in the 13 years that Daryl Morey was with the Houston Rockets, the only team that traded more, that made more trades than the Rockets is the Sixers. And they had a lot of general managers in this time span. The Houston Rockets had only one, Daryl Morey. They were close to winning the championship, yes. They failed. But James Harden was in the MVP considerations, I think, for the last five years, which is amazing. Can you somehow, if you are a contender, who would you rather have? Harris or Horford? It's a very interesting question. Both are both are veterans, not old. Horford is old. Tobias Harris is 28 years old. His contract is bigger and longer in terms of money and length of time. But I think Horford can actually bring more value to a team. Why I say that? Horford is played one of the worst seasons of his careers of his career with Philly. I think if you put him in the right position, he can be a better player. Because he's an he can score from the mid-range, from the three, he can shoot threes. He's an excellent defender, he's a rim protector and can also guard the perimeter. He can cause some problems if you are facing him. And his contract, as I said, is smaller. He, he has two years left, I think, on his contract or three. Harris has four. Uh, uh, other, either way, Harris has one more year than Horford. And his contract is bigger, as I said, in terms of money. So I think I would rather have Horford if I, was a, if I were a contending team. Because if you are not a contending team, you don't trade for neither of those guys. Because those contracts are ridiculously huge. If you are Daryl Morey, could you somehow trade Harris... Or Horford, depending on who you see less fit on this team or who you see who can bring more value in a trade. Can you, 
do kind of like a Horford trade with Tybal and the first round pick for Vio? Or is that too much? Or for Bradley Bill? Or for for a wing player, a shooting guard, a small forward that is available? And in this case, you are not separating Simmons and Embiid. You are bringing a third star to this team. Buddy Hill, maybe? His contact is also big, but he can spark up. He's a spark plug. He's a scorer. He's a shooter. Or I mean, do it if you can. I, I would I would rather try to do that. So keep Simmons and Embiid together. Maybe have one more shot with those two, and try to somehow trade Harrison or, or Horford or even both of them. Create some space because. Harris had a bad shooting year. But in the end, his best year of the best year of his career, he played under the under Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers was his head coach when he had his best season of his career in Los Angeles with the Clippers. So can Doc solve Harris's problems? And you trade for Horford? You try to trade with the Houston Rockets for James Harden? If he's available, obviously. What's your move? What's your move, Daryl Morey? This is why I said I'm really excited about this. Because I really thought that Philadelphia would be a contender this season. All these players are huge. Threes. And they can play defense. Simmons will probably win defensive player of the year one time, maybe even more. He's an excellent defender. Joel Embiid, great defender. Horford, good defender. Josh Richardson can play some defense and guard maybe the smallest guy on the opposite team. But they need to make changes. And I think they will do. This is why I was exciting about this hire. Mike D'Antoni is an excellent coach. Oh, sorry. Daryl Mori is an excellent general manager. He's great at finding value. He traded for Harden for basically nothing. He has assets. He has bad contracts. I think he will do. He will do just great. And now, after they hired Daryl Morey, before making any change whatsoever to this roster, I suddenly see Philadelphia six, the Philadelphia 76ers as maybe the second or the third best team in the East, behind maybe. Miami and Brooklyn because Miami proved they can beat Milwaukee and the Nets I think they can beat anyone in the East and I expect Maury and together with Elton Brand to do a lot of changes to do a lot of changes in this roster could you imagine seeing a Simmons Harden trade or an Embiid Harden trade. It will be amazing to see. As I said, I think Harden fits better with Embiid. But I think they can find a way to integrate Harden and Simmons together. We will see. The third team 
that I wanted to talk about. It's connected to both teams that I talked before earlier. Is the Houston Rockets. So they hired, they fired actually. Let's go a little bit back in time. I mean, yeah, I'm doing a mistake again. They not fired Mike D'Antoni. His contract ended and they didn't resign him. So they got rid of the coach, D'Antoni. The general manager steps down, Daryl Moore. They were with the association for a long time ago. And you hear all these kinds of names and potential head coaches, including Jeff and Gandhi, maybe the bigger name. And Stephen Silas gets the job. If you don't know who Stephen Silas is, he's been a, an assistant coach, never a head coach, but he's been in the league for so many times. He's been in the league, he's an assistant coach for 20 years. His father, Paul Silas, played in the NBA, coached in the NBA. And now he gets his first opportunity to coach an NBA, to, to be the head coach of an NBA team with the Houston Rockets. He also, this is very interesting, he also was one of the lead candidates when Mike D'Antoni got the job. And Steven Silas has a good reputation of coaching point guards. He coached Curry for a year or two when Curry was young. Okay, maybe we don't count that. He coached Kemba in Charlotte. He coached Luca over the past couple of years and Luca absolutely loves him. And now, if the Houston don't go into rebuilding mode, he will coach another great point guard in Russell Westbrook. Who had a great season until the season stopped, took a break forced by the pandemic in March, and then struggled in the bubble. He was one of the players actually who got the virus and he suffered with a quad injury in the playoffs in the Orlando bubble. So this was tough for him, for Westbrook, and you could see that he struggled to play. So Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni went all in and on that Small, small ball, micro ball, however you want to call it in Houston. And now they are out of young assets, they are out of young players, they are out of draft picks. They have a huge contract. Not huge, let's say a big contract in Eric Gordon, who is kind of untradeable, if you ask me. What's your next move, Houston? Congratulations to Steven Silas on getting the job. He 100% deserves it. I think... So obviously when we talk about a team that is led by superstars, when James Harden is your franchise player, be sure he had a word on this. I mean, if he somehow, someway did not approve with Steven Silas with this hiring, We'll probably see him on the on other team next season. But on the other hand, they said, the Houston administration said that they are going all in again. I mean, they are not going to rebuild. They are going to find, to try to find the best pieces to surround Harden and Westbrook. But as I said, this is very hard. They don't have many picks left. 
not only picks, they don't have young players, they don't have young assets. So, they don't even have a, have a first round pick this year. They have only two first round picks until 2026. Until 2026, sorry. So, what are, what are they going to do? On the other hand, the Sixers have a lot of picks. So, first and second round picks until 2026. As an example, the Houston Rockets have 8. The 676ers have 18. So this is what I'm saying. Both teams are... No. Uh, Houston is under the tax. Are they going... Are they willing to get over the tax? Their younger... The, their younger player is... I think Bruno... Kabeklo. Oh no, it's Chris Clemens, but he's fifth five nine. And I don't think he's a much he's much of an asset. I don't think he has a lot of value. So this is why I wanted to record this. I really think those three these three teams, I mean Brooklyn already made its moves. I think these two teams are interesting, Sixers and Rockets, in the sense that they, they can trade with each other, as I said. Trade Harden. I, I mean, if I was Philly, I was obviously I'm obviously going for Harden. So, we will see what happens. I'm really excited. In other news, NBA news, so, the NBA said that, initially, said that they were targeting a return on Martin Luther King Day, which is 18th of January. The players agreed from what I hear, what I read on the reports. But then again, the NBA had a meeting with the Board of Governors and they actually decided to try to start the season this year, 2020, on 22nd of December. And you hear Danny Green on some podcast, on some show, saying that he does not want that. I mean, not he does not want it. He thinks that veteran players and players like LeBron will miss maybe the first month of the season. It would be interesting to see how they do with the traveling, if they bring Toronto Raptors into the United States. A lot of players, a lot of important people, celebrities said that they want the Raptors on their turf. Talking about Patrick Mahomes, the superstar quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it will be interesting to see what happens. I really think that in the end the season will start on December 22nd because it is the same discussion we have with the they had with the bubble. They said, look, we have one idea to continue the season, this bubble. It will cost this amount of money, we will get this amount of money. Probably the players, some of the players were skeptical at the beginning, but the NBA economists and accountants probably said, look, We've done the calculations. If we don't do this, you, we, us, will lose a gazillion of money. And some players changed their mind and decided to go to the bubble. And I think this time will be the same. The NBA will come to the players and will say, look, if we don't start December 22nd, and we don't have games on Christmas and New Year's Eve, 
we will lose this amount of money. Probably players will say, oh yeah, this is the case. Okay, let's start in December 22nd. And you have to remember, there were 22 teams that went to the bubble. The majority of teams had a two to three months break. Eight, the teams that didn't make the bubble, they have not played since March. So they had a huge break. Yes, the Lakers, the Heat, probably the, uh, the other two teams that made the conference finals, they had less time to go into vacation, to relax, to train in the off-season. But it is what it is. On the other hand, it's very interesting if they start December 22 because the NBA doesn't have official dates for when free agency begins. I mean, the draft, the NBA draft is November 18th. When does the free agency start? The next day? Two days after the draft? And will it only last for one month? Not even that. I mean, imagine you are a rookie, you are getting drafted, and then you are getting traded. I mean, where do you, you need to go? Uh, the, so the, sorry, the training camps should start two weeks before the NBA season starts. So what is, going, what is free agency going to look like? Will it be one week, two week free agency? Are you going to still be able to sign and uh, trade players two days before the NBA season starts? It doesn't make much sense. I think it will be very exciting, even though there is not a huge free agency class. This is what I think makes it interesting. We have a lot of amazing, unbelievable duos in this league. And a lot of teams will try to make the teams, the teams better around them. Maybe to add, to add a third star, to sign a lot of role players, to trade for better players. It's going to be incredible. I expect a lot of trades. And I think I will wrap up the episode here, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow me on Spotify, to like and subscribe if you are listening on YouTube. I think you are as excited as I am about the, the off-season, the NBA draft, the free agency. See you in the next episode. Stay safe. Peace out. <laughs>